Look, John, you got to find the little things in life. Uh, little things such as just a month ago, like three big companies in gaming and Troy Baker were like, we're, we're all on board on the NFTs. And now a month later, those same three companies and Troy Baker are like, hey, look, guys, we were misguided. We're not doing NFTs anymore. And we apologize to everybody who we made fun of for not understanding NFTs. Even NFTs are not. I do think that's great, by the way. People eating shit for NFTs is great. Uh, but even and the, Troy Baker, even the NFT discourse, it's all the same. Troy Baker sucks. start this week's episode i have a little bit of copy to read from spotify uh the copy reads dear people who listen to this podcast please know joe rogan can do no wrong it's not misinformation because he is literally incapable of speaking falsehoods thank you for your time we're making every podcast read this goodbye love spotify and welcome back to Zero Credits, the show that where we talk about things. Uh, my name's Henry. My name's John. And together we're Henry and John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings that they're zeitgeist. I really appreciate the end of it with a love. You don't get that a lot. No, Spotify always takes care of their podcasts. Yeah, they, they especially take care of one podcast. Now I, you know, you, you know me, I'm a bit of a young head. I'm a little bit of a Crosby, Stills, and Nash ophile. Uh, so I went to Spotify last week, and I had my hat in my hand. I had a little letter, and uh, the letter said, uh, Zero Credits Podcast will exit your platform uh, unless you remove the Joe Rogan experience. And it's funny, it's like they didn't even read it before they started laughing. Yeah, no. they Like, they laughed you, yeah. as I handed it to them. They were probably laughing as you walked up to them. When they first saw you, they just started laughing. Yeah, it's it's tough to say. There was a lot of laughing, and then I left. And then as I was left leaving, I tripped over a typewriter, and I peed my pants. Yeah. Uh, and then they laughed a lot more. So we're still on Spotify. Of course. We're not going anywhere, I yes. guess. I don't know. We're not paid by them or anything, so it's not as though we're getting money from them. Yeah. We don't have any power here. I heard you crack a beverage, Henry. That's right. And as you know, John, it is no longer January. Oh, it's the month of February or Black History Month. That's right. It's Black History Month. And what better way to celebrate Black, Al- 
Black History Month and getting blackout drunk. I kind of <laughs> gave away the punchline there. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, what are you drinking, Henry? A, a uncarbonated gin? So you know, John, that I did dry January, and I did the whole month without a single drop of alcohol. So you know, at the first chance I got, the first chance, this is it, the first day, the first time I can drink an alcoholic beverage, and you know I'm going to go hard. That's right. I'm drinking a Coke Zero. Wow, really? Yeah, Coke Zero. Uh, I am drinking a Trader Joe's Watermelon Lemonade sparkling water because i'm trying to to drink less good on you for keeping the drinking less going past january yeah i decided i'm gonna do 40 days 40 days yeah so i've done 31 i gotta do nine more that's lent exactly i'm getting lent done early this is what they don't preloading your lent yeah this is what they don't tell you in the church you can do lent at any time yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people do it. It's like doing your taxes. A lot of people do it right at the end, right at the deadline. But you could have lent at any point. Yeah, so I'm lenting now uh, to get it out of the way. So then later I can be as debaucherous as I want. Absolutely. And the Catholic Church can't say boo about it. Especially since I don't subscribe to them. Or... Anglican? Anglican? Are you Anglican? <laughs> Yeah, I'm very. You're, <laughs> you're product. No, 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 no. New segment. Guess Henry's religion. Oh no. Uh, yeah, J- John. I, yes, I, I am a practicing church churchgoer of the Church of England. <laughs> okay, listen. I I understand where people are coming from when they switch to being Anglican. You know, the cross is cooler. It's got that big circle on it. Uh, and then you can also legally get divorced if you're the king, which is a right. big deal. It's a huge deal. <laughs> it was, uh, of the time, kind of the biggest deal. Yeah, kind of like uh, started the whole movement of people splintering from the church. Uh, but let me see. Methodist? Wrong. Why are we doing this? Presbyterian. <laughs> I mean, if I... Look... Yeah, I mean that's what it says on my uh, my voter demographic. <laughs> okay, we we figured it out, everybody. Lutheran. No, it's Presbyterian. I'm sorry. Oh, Lutheran. No, <laughs> why you? But will get... you take Lutheran? <laughs> you keep you got it right, and yet you keep guessing wrong. No, this is a bartering situation now. No, will, will you wanna... take Lutheran? I'll take none of them, really. I'm just dissuaded with the whole notion that uh, anything is in charge of this this crazy thing we call existence. Well, I mean, I'm a staunch, what's a funny religion? <laughs> he thinks to himself. Uh, I'll abandon that joke. No religion is funny. All belief systems are sacrosanct to the people who have them, unless they hurt people. Yeah. Being Amish is pretty funny, though. Not for the people who, who are, are sub- Amish. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I guess you can make fun of the Amish because they will never hear this. But at the same time, <laughs> okay, aren't they like weirdly controlling of their people? I, I don't know too much about the Amish faith, to be honest with you. I don't yeah. know much about many faiths other than uh, the Church of England. Let's just move on. Yes, please. 
Uh, John, you'd introduced me to a little topic last week that, uh, since we covered it, has spread like fucking wildfire. Uh, are we talking about the Neil Young thing and how we don't know any of his music? We're talking about how Ye- Neil Young took a stand against Spotify and, and demanded Spotify pick either him or Joe Rogan over the misinformation of COVID and vaccines that Joe Rogan has allegedly spewed on his podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, when we report w- reported on that, we didn't have the, uh, the fallout quite yet because it hadn't, hadn't happened. Uh, but the very next day, uh, Spotify responded by pulling all of Neil Young's uh, discography off of their streaming platform. I mean, kind of knew that would happen. Yeah, we supposed that would happen. Uh, that was sort of the line that we could see drawing just because Neil Young's plays versus Joe Rogan's plays. It's a revenue thing. That kind of the decision made itself for the executives at Spotify. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, later that week, the most famous person of all, Joni Mitchell, says that she wants to remove her music from Spotify in solidarity with Neil Young. Now, John, of course, you will know Joni Mitchell, right? Uh, I definitely know the name, <laughs> but... Do I you know, know her much, songs? Do I know much Joni Mitchell music? Yeah, you know all of her songs, all of her discography. Uh, I don't actually. Me either. I don't know music. Uh man, I'm looking up. Yeah, I guess I'm not a. I guess I'm not a Joni Mitchell person. Yeah, apparently I'm not either. I. I and you know what's really sad? Sometimes. Okay, here we go. Sometimes journalists, like, they do their due diligence and they explain who people are in news articles. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mitchell's catalog, which includes her 1971 opus, Blue, one of the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it, it, so she's famous for that one. Wait, hold on. Did the article editorialize by saying one of the greatest albums of all time? Yes. I mean... There's a link too. I could click on it, but that feels no. I don't want to. I don't want to click on that. I mean, that's just like some article talking about the greatest albums of all time. Yeah. All right. So she joined on board, and that made waves and headlines. So another uh, artist who was born in the early to mid '40s, whose music primarily came out in the '60s, '70s, and '80s, that neither you and I are overly familiar with. Exactly. Yes. Uh, so stands of Neil Young and, and Joni Mitchell, who uh, apparently there is some crossover there, uh, they were very upset because uh, allegedly there were some individuals, I'm not saying there were a lot of individuals, but there were some individuals who only use Spotify to listen to those two artists. Fascinating, these these individuals. So they were, they were doubly hurt. And uh, there were texts, uh, screenshots of text that their children of these people would receive and they would post to the internet and these texts would be like, who the fuck is Joe Rogan? (laughs) Yes. Who the fuck is Joe Rogan? And why is he taking Joni Mitchell away from me? Uh, So here, just to review the timeline, Neil Young says, take my music off your platform or take Joe Rogan off. Uh, The next day, Spotify takes Neil Young's work off. And uh, the day after that, 
Joni Mitchell threatens to take her music off for the same reason, to stand in solidarity. On that same day, Neil Young goes to the press and he says he feels better after leaving Spotify and its shitty sound quality. Nice, because as we discussed on the episode, uh, that's a hobby horse of Neil Young's that he does not like Spotify's audio quality. We did talk about that, and so he's sticking to his guns the day after. Um, The funny thing is, normally, that's where the story ends, Mm -hmm. right? So some, uh, not, some music artist who didn't like the platform anyway, uh, they make a political stand against misinformation, and their music is pulled. It becomes a discussion point for a day or two, and then we move on with our lives, right? Mm Mm-hmm. John, this story has exploded in the past week. I heard some rumblings of David Crosby, of Crosby, Stills, and Nash getting involved, but I I didn't confirm it. I I don't have that specific headline in front of me, but that very well may happen. Uh, Because what I did was every time I saw a headline about this, I saved it. And I saw so many headlines about this Neil Young, Joe Rogan, spat on spotify uh so i've got we, we've covered three headlines i have 10 more please uh so the day after Joni mitchell and neil young uh went to the press with their statements it leaked from spotify uh that their communications chief reportedly told employees that Joe Rogan's episodes didn't meet the threshold for removal. Okay. Uh, But didn't we also, so as far as like threshold, are they talking about like a threshold of misinformation? I think that's what they're referring to. Yes. Uh, It's interesting to me because to the best of my knowledge, from what I was able to find, Spotify doesn't have like a misinformation clause in their their content creator agreements. Well, which makes it really weird when the, the chief of communications writes, uh, we apply our policies consistently and objectively. They are not influenced by the media cycle, calls from any one individual or form of external partners. It doesn't mean I personally agree with this content, but I trust our policies and the rationale behind them. It's easy to trust the policies if they don't spell anything out about removing things for misinformation from your platform. Now, I I wonder if the policy is like a blanket quality policy, so they could kind of use it to mean whatever, but I'm just speculating. Right. Uh, So what Spotify does have is um, some internal guidelines pertaining to healthcare, and all it really does is prohibit behavior such as denying that COVID-19 exists, Uh, suggesting that mask wearing causes life-threatening physical harm and promoting or suggesting that vaccines are designed to cause death. So those are the three things that their guidelines point out that should not be done on their platform. Mm -hmm. Uh, Those are three things that um, Joe Rogan has done. (laughs) I'm I'm fascinated because despite the... uh... The constant us talking about Joe Rogan, I I know like the broad strokes of what he believes and what he's said, but I I can't say definitively that he said those things. And I assume you have evidence to the contrary. I know. So he had, he he did 
very early on. This was months ago. This is actually maybe years ago. It might even be before he was on Spotify, but when COVID-19 was still still fresh uh, and we were still learning about it, he, he was sort of denying that it existed or he was denying uh, – and he was definitely against mask wearing. I know that for sure because I, I remember seeing headlines of people calling him out like you know, trying to get him to like, hey, shut up. <laughs> this is real. Um. On that same day, the same day that those internal documents leaked saying that Joe Rogan's podcast didn't meet the threshold for removal, um, legendary musician James Blunt released oh, a statement. Oh, that's one I know. Yes. Uh, he released a statement uh, that if Spotify does not remove Joe Rogan's podcast, he will release new music. <laughs> Incredible. It was a joke. That's very funny. Uh, what yeah. What's it going to be? You're beautiful also? You're beautiful as well. Uh, the hashtag that he's, he uh, added on to the message was hashtag you were beautiful. Oh, I see. So that maybe that's a hint at the song. I don't know. I mean, I have to assume. So the, the funny thing is, is this had an a- impact. Wait, James Blunt's thing had an impact? <laughs> The I'm, joke had an impact? The joke had an impact, John, uh, because, of course, we know uh, correlation is directly linked to causation. Uh-huh. Inextricably linked. Basically the same thing. Basically the same thing. So on the 29th, James Blunt makes this joke. On January 30th, Spotify announces that they're adding content advisory warnings when podcasts mention COVID. Uh, and this was actually in response to apparently more musicians were pulling their their music off of the platform. Okay, maybe just not as publicly. Yeah, I, I missed one. Oh, where'd he go? I've got a... Yeah, the, the one that was really interesting to me, uh, because this was the way the headline was written, and it's still written here. Uh, <laughs> Rock and Roll Hall of Famer and Bruce Springsteen guitarist Nils Lofgren. Uh, inter- interesting. That's a long title. <laughs> it's a, it's a, vi- I mean, I understand that they have to lay a lot of groundwork for us to know who this guy is. Right. Like they couldn't just say Nils Lofgren. They had to say another man's name and then the man, the, this man's profession. Yeah. Well, I think more, more clearly like work it backwards. They had to say Nils Lofgren. Uh, Bruce Springsteen's guitarist. But if we say Bruce Springsteen's guitarist, Niels Lofgren, that doesn't have any weight. So yeah. we need to add Rock and Roll Hall of Famer. Exactly. Uh, apparently he pulled his entire library of songs from Spotify. Um, so Spotify announced that they're going to add these little uh, little content warnings in front of, of episodes that will that mention COVID. So they, any, they're, they're doing what I like to call pulling, uh, pulling an Instagram. Oh, is that what Instagram did? Yeah, they. I think they have like number one text detection systems, but they also have like machine visions to like scan shared memes for mentions of COVID nineteen, and then they'll like add a little disclaimer, being like, "Make sure you have all your COVID nineteen facts. This might not be accurate." Yeah. I mean, what, what what more can you do? 
What mean, more can you do if a, a podcast on your platform that millions upon millions of people listen to every week is spreading misinformation? I mean, if you're a business in the world we exist in now, uh, not much. Yeah, your hands are tied. How, Just, how much did Spotify pay for the Joe Rogan experience? Uh, 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 Jamie, uh, put that on the screen. Uh, Jamie, put that on the screen. Oh, it's it's great because you know someone named Jamie. Yeah, how much did Spotify pay Joe Rogan? Hundred million dollars. Yeah, so you know they're probably incentivized a little to, bit. Yeah, yeah. Is there a guy named Jamie on the on the on the on the Joe Rogan podcast and he puts things on the, that's his whole job? Yeah, he's like their editor, like their live editor, so he like pulls up YouTube videos for them that you never see in the podcast, I assume. I have no idea. I Again, never seen the show. So, Spotify officially announced they're putting content warnings, but that wasn't enough for one couple, John. One couple who, whose opinion apparently people care about. Oh my god, Sonny and Cher? Were they ever a couple? No, I think they were just a, a double act. I don't know. I think they're a duo. Duo, not double act. Oh, I don't know the difference between those two words. I think a double act just means two performers who often perform back to back. Oh no! Whereas they, a duo is they perform yeah, at the same time. Right. Um, I, I know you're you're you're. I know everyone was. This was unfolding, and we all had the same thought. Right? We all had the same thought. What did Prince Harry and Meghan Markle think about the controversy? Yeah, what did the Harry and the Markle think? Well, don't worry, we got their we got their their um What did these people who live in another country think? They live in America, John. Oh, you're right, they fled. So I, I just found out why this is relevant, uh, because they have a lucrative deal with Spotify for thirty million dollars. Uh-huh. But they said, "Oh, because because wasn't Meghan Markle gonna make like a podcast for them?" I don't know. I, but they came out and said, "Since the inception of Archiewell, Archwell, Archwell, we have worked to address the real time global misinformation crisis." Okay, hundreds of millions of people are affected by the serious harms of rampant mis and disinformation every day. Uh huh. Last April, our co-founders of the couple. I, I assume of Arch, Archibald. Archibald? This is the most British press release I've ever heard. Last April, our co-founder. Meghan Markle's American. The, last, oh, yeah, fine. Last April, our co-founders began expressing concerns to our partners at Spotify about the all-too-real consequences of COVID-19 misinformation on its platform. Oh, they were they said this last April. This has nothing to do with the current thing. Oh no. Yeah. We've slipped the zeitgeist. Yeah, I, I look, I hate these news articles that are like, here's what specific person thinks about this specific thing. Here's what celebrity here's what yeah. Pete Davidson said about Flan. Oh wait, what did he say about Flan? This could be really funny. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I should I should write these articles. Yeah. Uh all right. Moving on. Yes. 
I, I got I got some some duplicates. So Spotify announcing content warnings, and in that same article, they quote Meghan Markle and Prince Harry or whatever. Even uh, though it was back in April. Yeah. <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. Uh, Joe Rogan finally came out and he responded to the controversy and and vowed that he was going to try harder to offer more balance on his podcast. Uh, Is this really a fucking video? Oh, no. Uh, Here's the one quote I have. I'm not trying to promote misinformation. I'm not trying to be controversial. I've never tried to do anything with this podcast other than just to talk to people and have interesting conversations. I I have I have an opinion on his statement in that I believe until recently like maybe 2 or 3 years ago that that was actually objectively true. Like I for a long time I was definitely like a I wasn't a Joe Rogan supporter and I didn't listen to the podcast cuz it's unlistenable but like I stood for his right to do his thing which was profoundly unique which is he was just kind of a dumb guy who would let people talk and then ask them kind of softball questions that kind of never went anywhere i think in the last like two or three years he actually has uh developed a pretty specific ethos and he does pick his guests around that from what i've seen like i don't know who's who's on the joe rogan experience that's Maybe I can't comment on not knowing who's on it, but the stuff that bubbles to the top definitely makes it seem like he is not running a fair and balanced operation, as it were. And honestly, if we're being honest about the podcasting medium, he's not a journalist. He has no obligation to present a fair and balanced... Can't talk tonight. He doesn't have any obligation to show uh, a fair and balanced representation of anything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just a media personality. Yeah, he's he's a, a host. He was on Fear Factor, and he, he does something with MMA. And he even says, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a scientist. I'm just a person who sits down to talk to people and, and have conversations with them. I mean, I do have hope for this because I think that Joe Rogan is someone who um, can – pretty easily get get beaten up into acting a different way uh he's if nothing else and this was true of joe rogan uh more than three years ago he changes his mind a lot oh yeah so maybe so this might actually be a mea culpa from him and he might not just be trying to save face i don't mean to give him too much benefit of the doubt because once again his show is unlistenable and he holds political beliefs that i find abhorrent uh, but as a person, I feel like he might mean it. And that would be great if he does mean it and he is going to try to do better. Um, but I think all of that was spurred on by this headline. Spotify overwhelmed with request to cancel following Joe Rogan cancel. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> uh, sorry. Spotify overwhelmed the request to cancel following Joe Rogan's saga. <laughs> okay, okay. Their customer service system is completely overwhelmed. People asking to cancel are being told they cannot. 
Wait, people asking to cancel their Spotify subscription are being told they can't cancel? Exactly. They, they shut down its live customer support due to an unprecedented number of complaints after they doubled down on their... Well, this, this headline is very <laughs> charged. After they doubled down on their Joe Rogan anti-vax campaign. Okay, that's... <laughs> what, what source is this coming from? Uh, somebody named William Legate on Twitter. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is maybe an example of Twitter not being the uh, the best. Yeah. This this seems pretty charged, but if that is true, this is this is some spirit bomb stuff. Like people got you know put all their energy together to collect their Spotify accounts, and that made Joe Rogan realize that maybe he needs to try to do better. <laughs> yes. Uh, it's like if Goku threw the spirit bomb at Frieza and then Frieza was like, maybe I should consider changing my ways slightly. Right. <laughs> I, so, uh, you know, I'm, this is where I put the disclaimer. I don't, I've never listened to Joe Rogan. I don't know his stances. I don't know. I, I occasionally see a headline. Like the, all the headlines I saw this week. And, and the funny thing is like none of these headlines contain anything he's ever said that is anti-vax or, or COVID-19. So here, something that I do want to examine uh, in my own personal life, not, not to litigate it on the podcast. It's like, this is true. Like I, I have seen him quoted in articles as saying things that are misinformation about COVID-19. Okay. But like, I don't know what he's saying. Like, obviously I have a low opinion of him for his political beliefs, but like, there's not a lot of direct quotes from him in articles. It's, it's strange to me and I'm not like trying to give him too much benefit of the doubt. And I'm sure he says things that are like shitty and worthy of being deplatformed over this issue to some degree, but like, I don't know what he's saying. I don't know what he's doing. I, I truly don't. Yeah. It's like a black box. And then people look into the black box. And they look back at me and say, it's bad. It's, it's concerning to me. And I'm not about to start listening to it, but what do you believe? That's the crazy thing. Like I, I, I you would think there would be an instance of Joe Rogan saying something or spreading some information um, but they don't quote him. And, and I think it's because it's not him saying it. It's people he brings on. Yeah. It's, it's entirely, I mean, you know, he got COVID and he was like ivermectin. So like, obviously he's buying that shit to some degree. I just don't know what the dude's saying. Like, so I, I, I just I, looked it up. Yes. I found, so this is from the Rolling Stone. It's an article about uh, doctors demanding Spotify putting an end to COVID lies on Joe Rogan experience. This came out on January 12th, two weeks before this whole Neil Young thing kind of kicked the ball rolling on, on what caught my attention here. And it, uh, it seems to be there was an episode with a Dr. Robert Malone, who is a vi virologist who touts himself as one of the architects of the mRNA technology. Uh-huh. Apparently, this uh, Robert Malone had been banned from Twitter for promoting COVID-19 misinformation, and he had been making the rounds in conservative media circles, undermining the efficiency, the efficacy, 
what is this word? Efficacy of the vaccine. Um, when he espoused various conspiratorial and baseless beliefs from the idea that mass formation psychosis is responsible for people believing in the efficacy of vaccines to the claim popular among anti-vaxxers that hospitals are financially incentivized to falsely diagnose COVID-19 deaths. Oh boy. This episode went viral, was widely shared in right-wing media circles, as well as on Facebook. Okay, so it seems to be at least the biggest offender is this episode where he brings on this Robert Malone character who apparently spouts misinformation about COVID-19. Is the issue we've got an issue of needing to de-platform someone who platforms other people? <laughs> like, it's, I don't know, is is the question, is Joe Rogan spreading this, this, is, this misinformation, or is his, like, mission statement of platforming every voice uh, had the net negative effect of platforming the worst, most I dangerous think, yeah. voices? It, it, it's... This is an issue of him having a, just a l- l- way bigger platform than he probably even realizes. Uh, and there, a lot of his listeners are very influenced by what they hear on their show. Yeah. It's one of those things where like, oh, we can't really hold him responsible for what his guests say. But it's like you edit it. You, yeah. You can edit it. You you can, you know, question them on air. You, you can redirect. You can slap a misinformation label on the front of it. Like there are steps you can do. Um, and of course, this doesn't excuse him retire entirely because uh, apparently in an April 23rd, 2001 episode, uh, Rogan actively discouraged young people from getting the vaccine, saying in a conversation with comedian David Smith, or Dave Smith, if you're like 21 years old and you say to me, should I get vaccinated? I'll go no. He also I, promoted taking ivermectin yeah. to treat COVID-19 symptoms. That was definitely a big one. Yeah. So he's not completely innocent, but at the same time, no, he's just not completely innocent. Yeah. I, I don't have anything he's, else to he, add. I, he's not innocent. And I think this is, this is definitely a byproduct of the fact that like Joe Rogan, to the best of my knowledge, treats all of his guests for the most part, like they're right. Uh, which I don't think is, is entirely true. Cause I think he has been like mean to guests on like trans issues before. Uh, so I don't know, maybe he has a, spe- a specific abhorrent ideology, but yes, he has a huge platform. And when you treat every guest like they're right. And with respect, when you have people, who are spreading uh, horrifying, dangerous misinformation. That's not cool. Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a need to be better. Yeah. It's one thing to make all your guests comfortable and not attack them for their beliefs, but if your your whole thing is to have interesting conversations with people, you you have to be aware with... Uh, uh, you have to be aware of how that conversation is coming off. Cause if you're not questioning them and you're, you're treating them as though they're right, it looks like you're agreeing with them. Yeah. And it looks absolutely. Like you, yeah. 
And it, it sounds like you want your audience to hear what this other person is saying and take it at face value. Yeah. And to the, I don't know, he has 11 million listeners a week per episode, I think. Something like that. So like assume 7.5 million of them are fans, maybe. Uh, that seems high. Imagine 3 million people listen to that episode and then take that as gospel. and don't necessarily understand that you're just kind of a cloud that ideas pass through and you just act like they're all worthy of respect. They'll think you endorse that ideology. Exactly. Yeah. It's on you as the host. Your name's in the show. You gotta know that if you don't question some of these people, it's going to sound like you're endorsing them. Yeah. And I mean, to some extent, like, if you are a person with a platform, it's not necessarily, it is not your duty to platform every voice. It's, it's your duty to like scrutinize. It's, it's your yeah. duty to like Poke help holes. people to understand every voice. Right. Unless of course it fits with uh, your specific media narrative, in which case you would agree with it. So I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm I, trying I, not was, to like give Joe Rogan too much benefit of the doubt. And it's, it's not cool to do that right now and i'm sure he sucks but it's it's it was a weird never, place to be in it was really never my intention to ever comment on what he's doing from like an ethical standpoint i really just wanted to cover the story because we're not done yet oh no it keeps, crosby stills a nash it keeps getting bigger i don't have <laughs> i don't have a crosby stills and nash headline listeners watch this space for crosby stills and nash news <laughs> next week i'm calling it right now <laughs> I'm about to just freaking No, don't look it up. Don't, 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 don't. Oh, because Neil Young was a part of them. Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's going to happen. I think they already did. Watch this space. Graham, Graham Nash removes music from Spotify. Got him. Yeah, that happened today. Where's Crosby at? Well, it says Crosby, Nash, and Young again join voices in Spotify Joe Rogan debate. I'm not here for that, John. Yes, please. We've covered the side that is that is joining the the Young Brigade. The Youngians. But not everyone is willing to abandon Spotify and Joe Rogan. Uh, duh. <laughs> yeah. But this is what's shocking and uh, very relevant to our brand, very relevant to what we talk about on this show, uh, very relevant to just conversations we've had this year alone, John. <gasps> because Dwayne Johnson huh. wants to join Joe Rogan on his podcast admit, 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 during this boycott controversy. Oh, no. Yes. Your favorite actor. Yes, Dwayne the person Johnson who I can't get enough of has thrown his support behind Joe Rogan. Um, what what more is there to say? Man, let me tell you, I don't listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, but considering that I think that Joe Rogan is kind of an empty-headed guy who lets other people talk. Uh, what a fascinating episode that would be to listen to. If that comes out, I'd listen to it. Two people who are just total ciphers with no ideas of their own. It'd be great. 
Yeah. Now, of course, I what I'm reading, I'm reading into this Newsweek article now, and what it seems is, uh, it seems that Mr. Dwayne Johnson just left a response to Joe Rogan's Instagram apology. Uh, okay, great. Gotta love the media class. Apparently, all he wrote, great stuff here, brother. Perfectly articulated. Look forward to coming on one day and breaking out the tequila with you. Okay, so that means... I mean, it this is... This is not it a news... Is, it is not a news story. It is not a news story at all. No. Uh, that is, yeah, not not a news story whatsoever. But it's not unethical to say that he offers <laughs> to join Joe Rogan's podcast amidst in that it is an offer to join his podcast and it is happening amidst man fuck the media <laughs> yeah i i thought that was i don't know i thought that was going to be bigger <laughs> <laughs> no it's just an instagram comment fuck whoever wrote that article fuck newsweek i fuck guess fuck newsweek um that doesn't quite have as much punch as I wanted going into these this these last uh, two segments. Imagine how everyone who read that article must feel. Yeah. Um, now I just kind of feel I feel bad for what's going to happen next a little bit. Oh no. Um. Not this. This immediate one is kind of just fun. But uh, an award-winning Spotify science podcast, uh, they dropped their regular show entirely to focus on countering misinformation spread by Joe Rogan and others on Spotify. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty fun, right? Why didn't The Rock offer to join them amidst anti-vax controversy? Uh, They didn't have an Instagram apology video they didn't have an instagram apology where the rock could have commented something that could have been taken slightly out of context to mean man i'm still upset about that that's cool though that they're combating misinformation with the podcast sounds like real podcast poison though well it might be um but it's it's an example of using your platform to be better right like it's it's exactly what maybe if you were in Joe Rogan's position, you might do. Yeah, it it is taking like a a massive and critical sacrifice to your artistic output for the purposes of correcting an ill. Right. And probably way better researched and more informed than a couple of idiots drinking non-alcoholic beverages on a Tuesday night. Eh, we'll see about that. I still haven't listened to this science pod. What's it called? Science Versus. Never heard of it. Uh, it is uh, produced and edited by Wendy Zuckerman and Blythe Terrell. Okay. What's well, it's very cool what they're doing. Yes, they also sent a letter to the Spotify CEO, an open letter to the Spotify CEO, Daniel Ek, uh, explaining they didn't like what was happening. And uh, shortly thereafter, just dedicated an entire episode of their podcast to just comb through and disprove all of the misinformation that has been spread on the platform uh, recently. I would be interested to listen to that to see if it addresses uh, in specific 
what the misinformation specifically on Spotify was, or if it's more general, you know? Well, specifically in the letter, they say, until Spotify implements stronger methods to prevent the spread of misinformation on the platform, we will no longer be making new science versus episodes, except those intended to counteract misinformation being spread on Spotify. So it sounds like they're just shifting gears into misinformation uh, debunking mode. You know, I'm gonna live. The, I'm I'm gonna listen to that podcast. Might as well. I mean, what else am I gonna listen to? The Joe Rogan Experience. I won't listen to that until the rocks on it. Right. Uh, but this all leads to... I mean, he's already had Jordan Peterson. He's like the physical opposite of The Rock. Because he's frail and doesn't <laughs> like eat fish? The, he's, he's frail, all he eats is meat, he gets kidnapped by his daughter, whereas The Rock has a very good relationship with his children, is older, yet very virile, and is happy. How do you get kidnapped by your daughter? Oh, it's a whole thing. Oh it's a whole it. thing. He was he was kept in a dark room eating nothing but red meat with the lights off. Oh, what? Uh, I'll we'll talk about it later. I don't know if we ever need to. All right. You know, the less people talk about Jordan B. Peterson, the better. Oh, but Jordan A. Peterson. Ooh, instant subscribe. Oh, he's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. Oh, really? It's like a Michael Jordan, Michael B. Jordan thing. That's funny. Thanks. All of this leads up to this, this, what's the word? Climax. This big climax that broke just two hours ago, John. Oh my God. Breaking news while I was at work. Breaking news while you were at work. Let's review. On January 12th and before, uh, Joe Rogan had a couple of guests on their, uh, on his podcast. They discussed things that might not be true about COVID. Uh, Two weeks later, Neil Young says, hey, Spotify, take my music off or take Joe Rogan off. It's either him or me. Mm -hmm. Uh, Spotify removes his music. A ton of musicians join in on the boycott, take their music off. People start canceling. People start picking sides. The Rock throws in with Joe Rogan. All the musicians throw in with Neil Young. It's getting serious. Spotify says we're going to put out little – Little warnings on, on, at the beginning of episodes just to say, like, hey, there might be COVID misinformation in this. Spotify is doing a whole anti-vax campaign, <laughs> apparently. And you think it would end there, though, right, John? You think that's where it ends, right? Like, this can't get any bigger. You know, this is going to stay within the realm of entertainment, Right. <laughs> Until you said that, I, I thought there were maybe a few ways this could go, but I'm, I'm surprised it's exiting the orbit of the planet of entertainment. It is, because, get this, the White House! Oh boy. The White House issued a statement what to a Spotify. Fucking, what a fucking bummer boner killer to say that the White House has gotten involved. The White House threw their hat in the ring to tell Spotify to take further action on Joe Rogan. Quote, more can be done. Uh, so was this just like a letter from the office of the president? This was White House Press Secretary Jen... Oh, she's got one of those names. Pasaki. Pasaki? That's how I say it, but I've only read it. Yeah, Jen Pasaki. 
uh, called on music and podcast streaming giant <laughs> Spotify. <laughs> giant and their anti-vax campaign. <laughs> to do more in the fight against COVID-19 mis- misinformation on Tuesday. Mm. I have to register for free to continue reading. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Sorry about that interruption. I had to sign up for a website to read an article. Where were we? Journalism. Yes. Um, yeah, so the White House issued uh, – it was the the press secretary, Jen – oh, they spelled her name different in this article. That's odd. They added an extra S, I swear. Jen Sasky? Pasaski? Pasaki? There's an extra S. Oh, but it's not, it's not, there's no extra. They made a typo. <laughs> yeah, no, her last name is P-S-A-K-I. Okay. Saki, Pasaki. Jim Pasaki said, uh, this disclaimer, it's a positive step, but we want every platform to be doing more, to be calling out mis- and disinformation, while also uplifting accurate information. Ultimately, our view is that it is a positive step, but there is more that can be done. Oh, boy. Our hope is that all major tech platforms and all major news sources, for that matter, be responsible and be vigilant to ensure the American people have access to accurate information on something as significant as COVID-19. That certainly includes Spotify. Mm. I don't know, it's, it's an, this is a super interesting topic, I think. Yeah, it's... Let's, yes. Let's talk about what Spotify is, right? Like, it's a streaming platform. Mm-hmm. They don't own or produce any of the content that is on that platform, right? Yes. So, in what regard are they actually responsible for the content that's on there? So, this is a... This is something that I've been talking about for a minute because this was happening during the Trump administration with Facebook and like Facebook blocking or not blocking certain content. Uh, And it's continued through the Biden administration just in a different direction. But like, can private entities in the United States of America as it exists today be induced to limit sharing of things outside of a courtesy like is it really their responsibility to monitor this stuff to a certain degree i I think in a society we'd say yes but like how much do they actually have to do that right i mean just take our podcast for instance like years ago we submitted our rss feed to be included as part of spotify's podcast section 
Now, I don't think any member of Spotify, any employee, has ever listened to an episode of Zero Credits, and yet we're on there. So we could be saying anything we want through their platform. And Are they have beholden? Been. And have been. Are they beholden to what we're saying? Like, are they responsible for all those times we bleeped jokes about a certain scene and Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice? Yeah, like, is if we say we want to blow up. I'm going to bleep that. Is Spotify saying they want to blow up? Right. Are they saying that they should recreate that scene themselves? I don't know. This is a weird area, but it seems as though the White House wants Spotify to police the content on their platform. That's all well and good for podcasts where people are talking, but then let's get into art. Let's get into like lyrics of songs that that say I'm going to shoot people or let's do drugs or things like that. I don't know what the kids are listening to these days, but now is Spotify responsible for some sort of morally upright versions of songs? So uh, I, I have a very specific taste when it comes to music I listen to while working out. And I was trying really hard to find the mid-90s heavy metal song Cop Killer by Body Count, which is a metal band that Ice-T was the front man for, by the way. Uh, and I couldn't find it kind of anywhere. But most of all, I, I couldn't find it anywhere on Spotify, which led me to think, like, is there... On the back end, is there something that would have removed Cop Killer from Spotify? Like, I are they removing our? I don't think so. I think maybe it's like a record label thing. But it was an odd experience to look for this one specific piece of art about killing cops and not be able to find it. It felt like police statey. Right. Exactly. Like, is that is that the kind of thing that we want Spotify and Facebook and these, these tech companies to be doing? I mean, I, I want to be on the same side of progressivism generally, but like even when the Facebook stuff was happening during the Trump administration and people on both sides were like, shut down Facebook because it, it's suppressing Demaca or, or, <laughs> or remove Donald Trump from your platform or whatever. I'm like, I don't, I don't think these companies have to do jack shit. I really don't yeah. like, and, and I know that the white house press secretary issuing this release to Spotify uh, I don't think it really means anything. The White House can ask people to do whatever they want. I don't think the White House is going to like mandate anything on this. No, I don't think it goes beyond issuing Spotify like a, a th- this sort of message, it's like, "Hey, we think you can do more." Because if they tried to do any more, that would be an actual violation of free speech. But do you think that like something has been happening for the past few years? Not to sound like vague or. No, I, I think about you're it, right. But I think something's been happening over the last few years where we've had this dialogue of public opinion or policy being able to shape creative output for the last few years. And now it just kind of seems like de rigueur, like people are just talking about like it's a thing you can do, but I don't I don't think it's a thing you can do. It shouldn't be. The only thing I think tech companies or platforms should be policing is illegal or illicit activity. That's the only thing. You take off illegal speech, 
you take off something that I would include like hate speech. You, you police that, but you don't police. Uh, you just, I don't know. I think that's where you draw the line is just a, like just illegal stuff, you know, no child pornography. Absolutely. No death threats. That stuff's not protected. Everything else is kind of fair game. And it's up to the listeners or the people who experience the medium to draw their own conclusions. Now, if they draw wrong conclusions, whoopsie doopsie, they're not doctors. I mean, it. I, I think that the conversation is maybe a little bit more multi-partied than that, in that it is, I think that interpretation of art is up to the, I think that art is a conversation from the creator and the listener, but I think that the distribution of art, which is really what we're talking about, uh, encapsulates that conversation, but it's also a conversation that's happening between like the people who distribute the art, AKA Spotify, and then other artists, AKA Neil Young. And then like the people who patronize that service. So like pressure from any of those could induce a distributor of art to change their ways, which I right. here, I, I think when it, exited the orbit of the world of entertainment and became like a a request from the White House press secretary, that's when it stopped being cool. Because a thousand okay. a thousand right. Neil Youngs can be like, yeah, we'll take your music off if you don't do this. Because they're both artists on a platform who are free right. to do whatever the fuck they want to do. So yeah. So before the White House got involved, these these was mostly individuals making individual decisions. Individual artists, individual listeners even an individual executives at Spotify, these were all people. But then an institution comes in and says, hey, you could do better. That's where it's like, hey, wait a second. Let's yeah. not do that. <laughs> that That is slippery slope. It, it's slippery yeah. slopeism. It's, it's creating, it's not slippery slopeism. It's creating a slippery slope. And I guess me saying this is slippery slopeism. But like, it's, it feels like a slippery slope to as a governmental entity be like you better control that art you're distributing that feels weird right absolutely it, it would be like the police stepping into an art gallery and going oh well i don't you got a lot of scantily clad women here i don't know if you should be doing that yeah right even if the police can't legally do anything to you that has immense weight and it has the immense weight of the state telling you what art you can distribute and what art exactly. people can have a conversation with. It's it's fucked up. I don't like it. Right. Because before the White House gets involved, it's up to idiots like us to call out other idiots who are spreading mis misinformation and being like, hey, stop doing that. But it's because, like, we're all equal here. We're all idiots yelling at each other to stop spreading misinformation. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is, like, people talk about free speech all the time. And it's a two-way street. Like, everyone would be like, oh, I have a right of free speech to talk about some crank conspiracy theory about how, like, 5G causes COVID. And I shouldn't have lost my job because of free speech. It's like, no, you can't be prosecuted for being an idiot. But, like individuals can still make choices about your life based on the things you say, do, and believe. This does bring up an interesting point, however, because protected speech, it, it has a very specific definition. 
And uh, one of the examples of non-protected speech for is an example as an example is um, yelling fire in a crowded theater. Yes, because that oh, might lead yeah. to panic and harm. Mm-hmm. How do you subjectively evaluate spreading misinformation about a, a, a global pandemic? Do, do you equate that to yelling fire in a crowded built a crowded theater? Yeah, that is that is interesting. Because if something does result in harm, it's non-protected speech. I don't know. It's, it's like this is such a convoluted sort of mess. It's such a nebulous sort of thing uh, that because people should absolutely, if this is not protected speech, be prosecuted in some way. The problem is we can't draw a straight line from what people say to the results of what they said. I, yeah, I, I think the, the issue is like in, I think in the definition of non-protected speech, it, it specifies that it results in imminent harm or imminent uh, illegal activity. Okay. Uh, based on a two second Google search I just did. So I don't know. Right. Uh, if, if that's not, I mean, but also your, how you feel about the word imminent says a lot. <laughs> Uh, imminent the, can mean a lot of things. The definition of the word is, is. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a real what is, is situation. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I do think it's bad and I think it's harmful, but I am also not entirely sure it's worth giving up the autonomy of artists to have their work distributed without having it being okayed by the government. Right. And all of this is so far afield of what's actually happening, because this is just like the White House press secretary, like people, whatever, like, uh, dick weirdos who are in the White House all get together. They're like, we should do something about this Joe Rogan thing. And then they just like put out like a milk toast thing about it. And right. it's nothing. But it's not nothing, you know? Right. It, it's nothing backed by the power of the federal government. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nothing that is part of a massive overreach. Right. All of this. It's coming... like a burglar. It's like a burglar right. breaking into your house and leaving a toaster. <laughs> it's like you didn't harm anything, but you did show a level of power and reach into my personal life that I'm not comfortable with. That's a good analogy. Yeah, or simile. I like it. Thank you. All of this coming from all of this, you know, spurred on by just a lack of fact checking, a lack of due diligence in your conversation having, and just a lack of clarity of your own stance as a host. Yes. Which which might be important in the specific case of having 11 million listeners a week. Yeah. I, I think maybe we could uh... – we could make the case that all of this could have been avoided if Joe Rogan was a better podcast host. Exactly. That is the point I wanted to make. I wanted to call out Joe Rogan for being sloppy with his work. That's right. Us, the slacker loser idiots <laughs> on zero credits. Who sit in closets. our closets. <laughs> Who sit in our closets and talking to our $80 mics. Yeah. We're calling out Joe Rogan. Right here, right now. Old Sloppy Joe. Yeah. Oh, Sleepy Joe Rogan. <laughs> yes. Not Sloppy. Sleepy Joe Rogan. 
Oh, uh, all I really, really, oh, all I really wanted to do was was track just the crazy momentum that Neil Young had. Yes, <laughs> from, from Neil Young, and actually, honestly, from some doctors two weeks before Neil Young to Neil Young to the White House. That is phenomenal for a man who is quote past his prime unquote. I mean, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, more like doctors, the White House, and Young. Blunt and Young. Blunt and Young. Yeah. Young, Blunt, and fully Young. <laughs> it, so, the result of all of this, the, the the conclusion will be nothing. Nothing happens. They, they put a content warning in front of the episodes and people skip over it and Joe Rogan continues to go about his life. We all continue to go about our life. COVID continues to ravage the countryside. We're not changing anything with any of this. Yeah, nothing's really changing. I don't know, though. I actually kind of feel like Joe Rogan might change a little bit. And honestly, if that's what happens, great. That's good. Yeah. I don't mind it. And and that's only for the shred of hope I have in him as a person. Uh, and that's not saying like I love him or anything, but I, I just know that he is prone to changing his mind <laughs> under pressure. Yeah. Uh, so if there's one thing I know about him, he, he might change the way he might change his guest selection. I don't know. Or honestly, he doesn't need to change his guest selection too much. Just change how you treat the guest on the show. Don't agree with everything they say because it makes for better conversation. Question them. Well, that I mean, could be good conversation, too. That's not oh, going to happen. Joe Rogan just likes to sit in a sauna, then crawl out into the podcast studio naked and wet like a mole rat and just sit there. <laughs> and he doesn't know who he's talking to or what they're about. I don't think that's true. I think he knows. <laughs> I think he knows a little bit. He's probably got like a, a prep sheet in front of him. Yeah. <laughs> the prep sheet lists the meal he's going to eat after the podcast <laughs> and the person's first name. <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> he's so, like, well, um, Dr. Rice and chicken with vegetables. Damn it. I did it again. <laughs> I did it again. We're going to cut that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just their first name. Doesn't have their last name. No. It's too much overhead. <laughs> oh. And it says whether or not they're a doctor. <laughs> Yeah, it's their first name, and then parentheses after the name, Doctor. Yeah, it's like uh, clarified butter, chicken, and quinoa, James, Doctor, yes. (laughs) Two checkboxes, yes or no. Yeah. Or or we couldn't find out. Yes, no, well, we don't know. (laughs) Yeah, they're like... Someone someone gets, I don't know if people get hired to a podcast, I don't know how that works, but they're like, why is the meal first? That's how he likes it. That's how he likes it. That's, he has, a, that's how he, it's he always been. He can't focus unless we bring him in with food first. What? <laughs> oh, I know nothing about, he was on Fear Factor, he's somehow involved in MMA. He was an MMA commentator. What was he before all that? And is an MMA commentator. Stand-up comedian. He was a stand-up comedian. Yeah, he was a stand-up comedian, I think. Not a lot of stand-up comedians go into uh, MMA commentary. 
Yeah, they don't. I wonder how that happened. A lot of them stick to comedy. Yeah, he should have stuck to comedy. Um, Maybe. Obviously, it's working out for him. He got $100 million from Spotify. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, for the rest of us. For our sake, he should have stuck to comedy. Okay. I'm amazed that this story took the entirety of the podcast. You're welcome. It it went places. I was trying to keep it suspenseful, and there was just honestly, it's like every time I was scrolling through my my research sites, I found another headline about Joe Rogan. I was just like, this is this this is the only time in the history of this podcast this has happened, where the zeitgeist literally is just populating this one story over and over again. I mean, it's it's uh, it's fascinating that we are slowly going to become Joe Rogan because in the last two episodes, all we talked about was uh, censorship and how it's wrong. I mean, we're a little biased too because we, we often put out things and we don't want to get censored. Yeah, that is true. I also bought one of those big tubs to take a ice bath in. Is also, that, I'm getting is... really into MMA. Okay, well, there's nothing else going on. I'm playing Pokemon Legends Arceus. You're playing Fallout 4. Like, I don't get enough time to put my ear to the ground. It's January. I exclusively game seven years behind the zeitgeist. It's January. No good movies are coming out except the new Scream. I don't know. It's it's January. The beginning of the month, the month, the beginning of the year is always a little rough. Yeah. You know, we're getting we're getting wound up. Yeah. We're going to get there. Are we? Yeah, well, by the end of this year, boy, what a podcast this will be. Again? <laughs> yeah. Oh, all of this to say is that we're going to have better content next week. This was great content, Henry. Don't beat up your content. And it's going to be even better, John. We're not ever going down again. It's only up. Line goes up. Line of content quality goes up. And as I said, watch this space for Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Not Young News next week. We're going to have, we're going to be talking with David Crosby, Graham Nash, and Stills. (laughs) David Stills? David Stills. Roger Stills? No, there's already a David, David Crosby. Oh, dang it. Uh, I wonder if they have control of their music. They might not be players in the scene, but regardless. Jim Stills. This this, this will be the biggest Crosby, Stills, and Nash news since Phoebe Bridgers called David Crosby a little bitch on Twitter. What? (laughs) it's, It's very funny. That's uh, pretty she, amazing. She smashed a guitar on stage, and then he, a rock star, commented on the video of a young, very famous woman and said her heart wasn't in it and just a bunch of shitty stuff about her smashing guitar, and then she called him a little bitch. That's pretty uh, funny. It's very funny. It's very funny to call old rock stars a little bitch, but you know what's even more funny, Henry? What's more funny, John? What's more funny is Twitter. That's right. Everything funny. <laughs> everything funny is on Twitter. People don't keep doing the same jokes over and over again. It's not just the same hell every day and we're on it. So if you want to join us in hell, you can send us a tweet to at 
ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com. That stands for Henry. There are certain times I think John might be a robot, but they're all the, all of my fears are dissolved when he goes, To at! Listen, you can't send a tweet to anyone, and we always say, No, you say tweet at us, and I say send us a tweet. What's wrong with me? You can tell me via email the long tweet <laughs> you can you can send those emails to email at zerocredits.net the second most popular top level domain <laughs> because dot com was squatted on um new york times bought wordle but new york times can't buy us dull uh, so we are not on the New York Times podcast, but we are on a series of other podcast platforms. We didn't even talk about the New York Times buying Wordle. We are on Spotify. We are on Spotify because I peed my pants and they laughed at me. <laughs> so we're we're staying on Spotify. Uh, we're on, I don't know, Podchaser, Good Pods, bunch of other stuff. Uh, speaking of podcasts, give a listen to Science Versus. Sounds like those people are pretty good. Maybe we'll give them a little shout out on Twitter. I don't handle the Twitter, so I'm probably writing checks. The This podcast's ass can't cash. Uh, however, while your ass is out there trying to cash checks, make sure those checks don't bounce because then you'll have to have a very uncomfortable conversation with the teller. Your ass will have to have a very uncomfortable conversation with the teller. But while your ass is talking to the teller, you might as well tell her or him about the podcast because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell the teller, tell the police officers who arrest your ass, uh, tell your ass's cellmate and then your ass's parole officer. And then we'll have a lot of people who listen to the podcast and are friends of the ass. I think that one got away from you a little bit. I was really trying to keep it more centered than it was. Yeah. Uh, uh, well, from everyone here at the Ass Ass Studios, <laughs> it's one of we one of we we. Uh huh. Uh huh. We want to wish you a happy week. Oh man. Goodbye. Wow. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Bye, everybody. Happy January. Episode 250 next week. Whoop, whoop. Good Sunday morning. 250. Yeah, 250. Season five, six, season six. Is it really season six? Yeah, season six. Holy shit. Goodbye. Bye. anything wrong with
don't isolate that, but like it's it's a it's a state of being that has existed for millennia. I don't think there's anything taboo about saying the words.